Welcome to uh, the main podcast studios. Well, Appreciate you coming us. in. Thank you. Um, we had been uh, talking a little bit um, earlier about uh, you guys entering in the market coming up soon. And that kind of was an interest in having you on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we're finally uh, having our official drop on October 26th. We're dropping to Cure Cannabis. And we're dropping to Central Maine Flower, as well as the Shack 420. Excellent. We're very excited. Excellent. So good, uh, good presence here in the Lewis and Auburn area. A couple oh, different yeah, offerings absolutely. for the locals here. Um, it's who, who, it's who I've noticed that the flower that's in Lewis and Auburn has dictated a lot of what I'm getting. But I'm not afraid to go to a, a few different stores uh, to experience what they have. Uh, I had been to uh, Central Maine. Um, flower once before like i was telling you earlier mm -hmm. and uh it was early on but it was it was a great vibe in there i did like the vibe yeah it's an experience so that's one of the things we really liked about them um whenever we went in for our first time everyone was very excited they were excited about the vendors not just their product everybody's products and they really loved what they loved they would give you uh a rundown on 20 different edibles that they thought were delicious. Mm -hmm. And to be honest with you, they were. So. Yeah. <laughs> they have, um, they've had, they found some really good brands uh, in the past. I get to look at them um, on social media, see what they're carrying for mm -hmm. flower and whose flower it is. And, and that's what I look at. It's the market because that's what I want to try. I want to see what people have out there. Oh, um, absolutely. And, uh, what's different from what? Yeah, we love the product that they have. Uh, in general, you know, one of the things that we're most excited about is they're starting a premium exotic shelf that uh, they're going to be bringing in different genetics from, from many different people, but they're starting off with us, and we're really excited about that. That's going to come out um, as well on the 26th release. Um, but Showcasing yeah. some new genetics. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to talk to that a little bit, Yeah, Stephane? sure. Um, and it's cool being in Lewis and Auburn area. It seems like a hot spot. Glad Canvas, to have you. You know, um, a, lot of, a lot of great stores, a lot of good products. I remember when it, when it was all pawn shops on Lisbon Street. <laughs> that, that's what I grew up in. And, uh, you know, to, to have seen this transformation, this sort of revival happening slowly, a lot of uh, local small people, small businesses opening something up. It's a lot of fun to see. It's giving people a chance to open a business or own a business that they would never have before. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, that's another whole aspect of the industry that's really cool. Um, mom and pops getting together, families. Um, it's pretty neat, you yeah. know? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, we're, and we're really liking, uh, you know, really in general, the competitive vibe. There being so many stores is, you know, kind of a great environment. You could um, have picked a lot of different locations. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the couple that we chose, we chose honestly because of the, the great customer service, how they talked about their vendors when we walked in and saw their products. Um, and just Yeah, you alluded people. to that a little bit earlier, that you like to shop stores because you want to know what the experience is going to be like. Absolutely. We want to know how we're being represented in these stores. Not only does our product speak for itself, but how is everyone speaking about our product as it's being sold? Um, all, all of that's very important. Are, are they hitting the right notes? Are they talking about how it's living soil organic? Are they talking about how uh, all of the genetics that we have, we, we hunt, we travel the country to find, and, and we spend all of our energy on selecting the absolute best that we can come up with. 
So, you know, those characteristics being important to us, we need to make sure that the, the person purchasing the patient is getting those, you know, mm -hmm. same ideas. But, um, Stefan, you alluded to it a little while ago. Your, uh, your garden dictates a lot of your, what your flavors are, like what, what you're liking. Yeah, right absolutely. Now, huh? um, what flavors are those? What, what kind are you so looking into? So we have into? quite a variety right now. Um, I'd say the L.A. Kush Cake has been a fan favorite for sure. Yep. Um, we've run that for about a year now. Mm -hmm. um, we got a Lemoncello that's out of this world. How long have you had the Lemoncello going? About a year or two. What's that grow yeah. like, if you don't mind uh, talking about it's, that a little bit? It's a really unique plant. It's, uh, it's one of those plants where you can look at it in veg, and you can identify it from just its look. Really? Yeah. Is it a, a sharper? It's, it's a sharper kind of green, but the plant grows uh, with such, you know, uh, there's not much trellising that needs to be done. It's very stiff and like very strong looking. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Holds so it can, tight. It can support yeah, right. itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we do trellis it anyway, just to, for some extra support, but it's just a really vigorous, healthy, strong plant that stands out. And the, the turf profile is quite unique on it. You know, um, good, good feedback on that as well. I think I ended up growing, and I and not being able to recall it uh, really bothers me. I, I want to say it was white nightmare or or some sort of genetic uh, subcool genetic way back in the day, and um, I I remember the the plant would just grow so straight up, and it would not part ways. It did not want to go out. I mean, you were forcing its hand out. And so I, I knew at that point we had the wrong pheno. <laughs> if it doesn't want to play like that or if we're, you know, because all the others were, were doing well or doing good enough. But for some reason that did not have a good feeling at all. Have you ever come across plants that have mistreated you into some... Uh, phenome hunting helps separate it, but, sure. but phenome hunting, you know, evolves in your garden. It's not the first thing you can always, especially when you first started out... Uh, the, the first and most important thing, I think, is just to have healthy plants. Mm -hmm. um, you know, once you get familiar with a certain cultivar, you can see how it likes to grow. Some like to be topped, some like to be trained, um, and so you just kind of you can play around with it and get to learn what the ladies like. Mm -hmm. you know? um, but all in all, we try to you know get multi-top bushes. Yeah. Um, we grow in like a... Uh, Am I right in thinking I saw some sort of um, a, a, a indoor plant uh space for a little while that was more of the um the ace shaped top and you had three rows three separate areas that it looked like you were working with yeah so we grow in um in raised bed fabric pots mm -hmm. um i think they're made from california grass fabric root company um a couple years ago in 2018 i had a flood in my basement and so i scrapped the whole grow and uh bought these beds yeah i saw them on uh on Instagram or something, and you know, when I first learned how to grow herb, it was uh, we built a box in the basement and threw dirt in it and hung lights. You know, so I've always liked beds. Um, in my brain, they make sense, so I was really excited to try it. And living soil was kind of coming on the scene, and so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I had I didn't have a lot of faith that it could really pull through as far as getting like solid nug. You know, like a synthetic or, or organic nutrient. The density that yeah, one you know, typically or, associates with a little bit more. Yeah, or it know. could get all the way to the end without, you know, adding some kind of more food. Um, yeah, right, because it has a diet that it can uh, pull up from the soil. Absolutely. For so, only a, so long a period of time, correct? Yeah. So the the plant will uh, will definitely deplete. You want to re-amend as much as you can. But it's just a different philosophy. It was a leap of faith, mm -hmm. really. Um, it's... Uh, I try to 
you know, eat organically or eat healthy as much as I can. So just kind of fit in with my lifestyle, you know? Yeah. I really like uh, like the idea of, like, saving money and not having runoff and, and being able to pre- produce, like, the most top-quality medicine for my patients. What was, the, uh, what was the first thing you talked about, the raised beds? What was the first thing that you realized that was going to be different about growing that technique than... than than what maybe you had experienced before or, yeah. or had you gone? Absolutely. So, you know, when you're growing with synthetics or nutrients, you're force feeding the plant. You're telling the plant what to take. The food's bioavailable. It's just going to take it. So with living soil, it's a little bit different. The plant's in charge, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's less work for us. If you can get the soil really, you know, amended right and teamed up with microbiology, it kind of just takes care of itself. Um, the plant decides what it needs from the soil. Mm-hmm. And it's got a bunch of helpers under there. Yeah. And it brings it back. And uh, the plant's in charge, so it's a different approach, you know, than, uh, than most people would uh, have experienced growing plants. I remember, uh, again, going back or citing back when I was growing, uh, kind soil was something I heard hyped as a soil product that was uh, out west at the time. And it seemed like, in theory, because they had talked about they had talked about having a soil, having something that, uh, that has amendments that will release uh, through the course of its growth. And so it's uh, about identifying the time cycle, isn't it? Yeah, so that, I think back then it was more of like, they were calling them super soils probably. Yeah, they were. And they were stacking them. I, I bit into it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I, I bit was, the whole thing. Was, I wanted to see what that was, was about. Stuff. <laughs> I think like, like Subcool had a recipe and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think they would layer the amendments for what the plant needed at that particular time of growth. Yep. You know, so they would have, uh, and then, Maybe on a transplant. All, all, all the way down. Yeah, so they'd, they'd kind of like layer it out a little bit. Um, with living soil, it's a little bit different. You, you really want to mix all the amendments in to begin with, and it's really heavy compost-based. You know, where I think a lot of those are more like guano-based mm-hmm. and other time-release dry fertilizers. Yeah, mostly, you know? as far yeah. as I'm aware of. Yeah, yeah that, that makes sense, I suppose, if you're producing on a scale like that. You can be able to produce what you are at, at a reasonable scale as well. That's the hope, yes? Absolutely. Um, there are a couple of facilities. Um, well, let me back up for a sec. The majority, sure, sure. Of, the majority of facilities, commercial facilities in the country are, are probably some kind of hydro or synthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's, it's easy to maintain, the cleanliness, um, repeat performance. Mm-hmm. Would you well. say over 90% or am I he- uh, setting a, a number too high? I would say high? that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm throwing out a number. <laughs> it's, it's you know, help me, Patrick. Well, <laughs> it would depend on region, of course. Yeah, um, sure. But, but I think, yeah, probably in general. Um, because the ability to repeat that exact product every single time. Um, a lot of people have, you know, from a consumer-based standpoint, you've grown accustomed to that. You know, when you go and get an iPhone, you expect your iPhone to be the same as the other iPhones that you see. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so the consumer is going to want that, too. They're going to want that repeated exact product. Um, we think because of the simplicity of this, um, mi- mirrored with just, you know, the, the scientific approach that we're, go- we're going to take to, you know, mending the soil and, and checking the soil levels and, and doing that, um, we'll be able to cre- recreate this process very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, also, with the great, with a great team like we're trying to put together right now as well, that that can all work together. Nobody's we don't have contesting ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, our contesting ideas happen before we're trying to perform. So you know that's one of the biggest I, I think advantages of doing it as well. Um, and the fact that you don't feed nutrients, it's just water. Mm-hmm. You know that's kind of mind blowing to a lot of indoor growers. I, it would have been mind blowing to me. You know five years ago for sure but i after seeing the performance that 
um, Stefan's, you know, put out over the course of the last two years that I've known him and, you know, being a part of it for over the last year, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm 100% a believer. How much of a, how much of a cooking period, I suppose, uh, that might not be the right term, but for a soil to really kind of uh, blend itself for you? Sure. Depending on the amendments, um, you know, we like to let it sit for a little bit, obviously. Yeah. You know, water it in pretty good, get it mixed thoroughly. Um, and just like I said, there's certain amendments that can get the soil kind of hot. Mm -hmm. um, I tend not to use those very much. Um, Makes sense. So, you know, I've, I've been able to harvest, you know, clean out the root balls, um, clean the room, re-amend and be back in and, you know, 48, 72 hours. Oh, no way. Like that. Yep. That's a quick turnover. And it, and it seems it, like... Are you, I'm sorry, are you the only one on the... Uh, are you guys work tandem in the grow or, or it's mostly your responsibility um, in the cultivation um, both. right now? It's both, really. Yep. Um, you know, because I've learned a lot from Patrick just as far as like uh, certain techniques and stuff. Yep. So, so um, the low stress tank. Yeah, you were talking about sharing some tech. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, so the stuff below <laughs> the soil, that's his specialty. He's just absolutely, in my opinion, a genius at it. Mm -hmm. You know, phenomenal. Um, when, uh, above the plant, I, I brought in, you know, some, some decent ideas on, on technique on trying to get production up, um, maintain that consistency in, in nug structure and, and those sorts of things that we were talking about with trying to create a product that's identical. Um, we want the people that purchase our L.A. Kush Cake uh, on our official drop on the 26th, we, we want them to get that same product down the line. We don't mm -hmm. want them saying, oh, well, you know, the first L.A. Kush Cake was better. You know, we, we don't need that. Hmm. You know that sometimes they wanna wanna say that though too. You know, uh, there, 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 yeah. There's this nostalgia that comes along with it as well uh, sometimes. So, I wouldn't. I tend to try not to blame what I'm smoking at the moment, especially. You know, I mean, or if you're in a celebratory mood or whatever it is that you're looking to do. Um, I don't. I don't get caught up in that hype. I, I try yeah. not to. A lot of people think the best weed that they've ever had. Uh, They'll talk to you about it, and you'll find out that it was like one of the happiest times of their lives, you know. Mm. And they'll tell you all of these amazing, uh, you know, situational specifics. With of users, what went on. users, though, it's becoming. Um, it's probably I'm. I'd be guessing consumption now is uh, an everyday thing for a lot of people. I'd say it's definitely gone up uh, this year, especially. We've seen a huge rise, a huge increase in the industry. I think it's, everyone's been feeling that. Oh, numbers you know? support that for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think with the prices going back up and stuff, it's more <clears throat> it's more of a, in the growers' favor right now. Um, is it a price correction? Do you feel, or is it just the natural law of uh, economics that this should be happening? I think it's both. Yeah. I think the. I think people realize, like, you know, people pour their heart into this, and um, some people really create a wonderful product for people, you yep. know, and so why should they give it away when they shouldn't, you know, and there's people out there willing to pay for a more premium product, um, but I do think it was a market correct correction. I think it swung way too low at yeah. one time. Yeah, it did. Um, and really forced the quality down. Was just, that just when stores were first opening? Is that kind of the, or, or a little bit before little stores bit be opened? A little bit before, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, 15, 16, 17, you know. Um, yeah. And then the stores started to open up and charge a little bit more money. But I think the, the market kind of educated itself as well. Um, yeah, it did. You know, and once Cali and other places went wreck and um, there wasn't so many, uh, you know, it was more regionalized. And so I think people said, hey, this is quality and they're going to pay for it. But the um, farmer's going to look at that too, right? The farmer's going to be like, okay, well, you don't want to pay for this, so I need to, pro I need to produce more. 
in order to make the same amount of money to be able to survive, to pay, you know, for what my kids need or to feed my family. So, you know, people are going to lean toward those heavy yielding genetics and lean away from these, you know, high potency, um, exotic genetics and, and things uh, that, that are more medicinal in value. Talk to you about the, the selection of genetics and how we travel all over the country to, to find the stuff that we have. You know, sometimes we'll sit at the computer because the genetics that are going to release that people are really wanting and are excited about, you'll have a 15-minute window to order that. Um, you know, knowing that they exist and then being able to execute that 15-minute window is, you know, that's that's a difficult task. A lot of people are trying to do that all over the country at the same time as well. Um, would so, you be getting into creating your own genetics down the road? Is that uh, something you're hoping to do, or it's not at this phase? Yeah, no, we absolutely are. So, or one, having a relationship with somebody closer, I guess, in nursery style. Would how that, would we that make met, sense? How we met was, uh, I was, you know, uh, honestly uh, trying to get my genetics to more farmers here. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, I had genetics that I'd brought with me from Colorado. Um, the, the limoncello he had mentioned was a, a bag seed mm -hmm. that, that oh, no I way. cracked out here. Yeah. That a I bag got. seed. Yeah. Cause that genetic isn't, Twice I've isn't heard actually a legend available. Like this. I like those. <laughs> yeah. It's not really available. It's a clone only. There are a lot of like crosses that might claim that they are this and that, but like, you know, it, it's very hard to, to, to find this exact, you know, cut. Um, there were two bag seeds and we cracked them and one of them was the exact one from California. And uh, we were excited to be able to bring that. So just that and the, the cup-winning granddaddy perps that uh, I entered in 2014 and 2015 in the U.S. Cup, um, I wanted that to be out here. I wanted it to be in stores. So, you know, he, he had uh, gotten a hold of me through a mutual friend just talking about genetics just because he wanted to, you know, try some of these new things out. And we got to meet each other over that. Um, but, like, what I was saying is, you know, Blue Dream is this – uh, really popular genetic, but it yields very, very, very well. It takes a little bit longer to flower. Yeah, that's always been the attraction to a blue mm -hmm. dream for both the consumer because they wanted that, and 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 for the for the grower who is growing for yield as their purpose. Absolutely, it was an easier to grow plant in general too, so people could get a higher yield. It would be high quality. This is still that's attractive to grow, it. though. Would it have been attractive to grow on an organic level, or was it at one time? Did you have a chance to? Absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. I think everyone. How'd you like it? As a great. as a cultivator, I think it's fine. You know, I don't really. Um, I mean, I enjoyed smoking it, and, and it grew right. I loved um, it too. The best for the consumer know. felt like it was uh, one of those happy happy highs for everybody, regardless of what you were looking for from your bud. And GG Four kind of had that for after, I, I believe. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that people just got sick of Blue Dream. I think that's what happened. Overproduction they just overproduced it. It was. You know? It was in everybody. Um, it had a place in almost everybody's garden at yeah. one point. It had to have. Um, but yeah, GG4 definitely took off. There, you know, it was definitely, a, uh, there was always a couple of names on the street. There was Sour Diesel and uh, OG Kush. Sour absolutely. Diesel and OG Kush, and yes. so then, like, you know, that kind of changed. Like, the, it was the gorilla for a while, you know, mm -hmm. GG4. You know, that was pretty big. And the Girl Scout cookies. And the Girl Scout cookies, mm -hmm. you know. Those were the big things. And then all of the crosses that came from them, the tangy. Um, 
But but these these genetics are, are some, some different ones. I saw more Holy Grail than I thought I'd ever see. Which is that's, you know? a, that's an interesting one. <laughs> headband was huge mm-hmm. and still headband is actually big. though. Yeah. Notice that headband. I'd still be attracted to a, a headband. I Absolutely. think um, actually uh, best friend Barms has a headband that he's growing, or maybe a cross of. Yeah, he's great. Um, have you worked with or talked with yeah, Brian I met before? Brian, I've met Brian before. Um, we have a lot of mutual friends, and um, I totally respect what he does. He's a very talented um, grower slash hash maker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he makes some really good old style artesian hash. Yeah, you know. And yeah, I like uh, that. It's pretty stuff. refreshing to see that there's someone still doing it. Temple balls and and all that stuff. So I give I give him much props and, and respect. Um, but yeah, like there's certain strains that'll that'll last that are timeless. I think if if you have a good headband or you know sour still, um, they still hit with people. Chem yeah, they do. Chem yeah, they do. Chem dog still probably one of the best. I mean, we, we have this. Chem's getting all huge play right now yeah. in the sense that a lot of people are very much enjoying it. I think more so because a lot of craft chem is out there. That's what I've noticed, and that's fun to see from a consumer end. It feels like it's fun to see. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a good cross, isn't it? As well. well it it can always work really good. Probably wouldn't cross. be here without him. Oh, you know, absolutely. I mean, he's so responsible for a lot of the, the genetics, of the genetics. Mm-hmm. um, and so like, you know, mad props to him too. Um, but yeah, I've been fortunate to grow a couple of those. I really like them. Um, you know, I just like to, to cycle things in, you know, I'm not trying to chase anything per se, but there's certain, you no, know, your garden needs to change as you yeah. want it to change, right? Yeah, so that's got to be fun to be able to look at. Uh, I call them new flavors. From your end, what do you like to call them? Flavors is fine with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. I mean, that's, well, that's what it ends up being like, especially with all of the new dessert strains that are out there. And most of what we've been targeting over the last year has been, you know, cakes and ice creams. So, I, you know, we've got our sweet tooth on at, yeah. at our garden right now. We're, we're excited about that, too. Um you know, the we were talking about the chem dog in, in these older genetics. The, the Colorado chem that I entered in 2014, um, we, we were talking about a segue as well. Oh, yeah, right. Um, with, uh, so I, I got second place uh, in the hybrid division of the U.S. Cannabis Cup. This was the first one that any person was allowed to enter. Um, that meant from anywhere, and that meant if you had a company or you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a consulting company at the time, Cannibals, and, and entered that. Um, Exotic Mike, who got his pretty much launch uh, from winning the Cannabis Cup with his cookies and cream, got first place. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chemdog, that shows you how much it has stood the test of time. Even oh, in no. 2014, it was you know one of the top in the it country. It was still one of the yeah the big ones to go Absolutely. for. Absolutely. So with Exotic Mike getting his launch from that. Um, He's created this, you know, concept of exotic genetics it, it, along with, you know, the Cookies franchise and Jungle Boys and, and a lot of these other guys. Um, they put a tremendous amount of marketing into their products. So I think they have to, though, if they want to transcend from where they are, because I don't know if it would be necessary if they were only focusing on just California, too. I think they're playing for larger markets. I think they're thinking world and, and to some degree. I yeah, so absolutely. Um, and so from... You know, maybe they got the jump started on everybody else, and but I think it's realistic to want to play to a, a particular market as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it depends what you want your market to be. And, and right. you've uh, discussed or talked about being in, uh, staying in uh, the medical market, yes? Yeah, absolutely. For the time being? For the time or, being. Or, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I, I grow um, for my patients, and, and obviously it's just it's how I make my living, but... Um, I like the medical program. You know, you get to meet your caregiver. Yeah. Um, which I think is really neat. It's like meeting your farmer. 
like knowing where your food comes from. You can develop these really cool relationships with people. Um, the way they have it set up now that we can work with other caregivers, that really opens up the business. Um, so I think the program's great, man. I think it's great for Maine. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty with REC. And, um, oh, certainly coming out right now yeah. to start. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's not attractive to very many uh, businesses who are already in the, playing a market. I think it's a lot of regulation. It feels like a lot of new businesses will be coming on the rec scene before the ones who have already been here actually hit the the rec scene. Yeah, you know the the way that they have the medical caregiver is more of a free market system. Like everyone, although it is regulated to a point, you know, uh, I feel like it's the most open, you know, uh, medical caregiver. Yeah, system it is right I've now. It certainly opinion. is. It's um, it's felt uh, f- trusting. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And, and I, I feel like everyone's kind of pushing together for the same cause. Now we're bringing in rec. Now, now the focus uh, is, is not only on bringing a good product to market because everyone likes that, but it's just, you know, bringing a product to market, making money. That, you know, that's, that's what the rec side of it's going to be more about. As he had mentioned, you know, there's a balance between him wanting to take care of patients, produce some medicinal product, um, and, and making a living. And when you go into rec, you know, you're not really trying to push that first part. Sure. And I think the caregiver program gave a lot of people who were growing, you know, for years, an opportunity to kind of come out of the shadows and, and, you know, and and be like, this is what I do. And I'm proud of it. And I don't have to hide anymore and and worry about, you know, the law and and other, you know, things that, that came with that back then. So I think it's given a lot of us like who've been, you know, doing this for a long time. Because um, we believed in it and loved in it and loved it, you know, I just saw that it, it made people happy. Mm-hmm. You know? I saw that it really like really helped people. Um, so I think that that's really cool because I don't think we would have had the opportunity if it was just rec um, to have those kind of pockets <laughs> to get started. To be honest, no, you know, it so. feels yeah, it does. It doesn't feel like there's uh, going to be. <clears throat> I'm fearful for the smaller companies who who might want to make that leap into rec. Because I feel like it is going to be a little bit of a grinder. You're going to be competing against lower numbers. So there's always, we were talking about it. I mean, if you've got choices, if you've got selection, I've talked to a couple different uh, patients. Some of them, that they really go to the stores for price first is the biggest deal. And then the next deal is, okay, well, if I've got enough money, now my second step is I want to find the best quality I can. What are, what are those stores? What do they look like? And, and what products are they carrying? That's what I think patients look for. And um, if they know where to identify you with re- in, in creating the reputations that you would have with stores or the places that you're going to be seen, that's, that's an important goal too. We didn't talk about farmer's market, cannabis market. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of look at it like like that that kind of industry. I mean, there's people who go get their groceries at, at Shaw's or Hannaford's, and some people like to go to the to the uh, farmers market and uh, know where they're getting their food. Same thing with craft beer. There's Bud Light drinkers and there's craft beer drinkers. So yep. I always think there'll be a market for really good high end cannabis. Mm-hmm. You know, um, robust flavor and um, you know great terpene profiles, high can high cannabinoids. Um, I think the market's educating itself for a while, uh, excuse me, for a little while too as well, and, and people are starting to seek that out. You know, I think it's different. Uh, people can tell a difference when, when someone puts a lot of love into it. I think we've have, well, what's been good about this year is we have had that increased market. 
of people. The visibility, um, I remember talking to um, Dawson in the middle of the summer, and again, I'll cite it, it was 65,000 main med patients. And that was before the full impact of COVID was right. starting to hit. I, I continue to think of the out-of-state market as well that benefits from the medicine. That oh, are, absolutely. They're coming up here and they're, they're choosing quality. Mm-hmm. They're choosing quality because they have wrecked down there. Yes, yeah, that's, a, that's a beautiful sign. It that is. makes you kind of feel good. You're like, ooh, the, maybe we got something they here. They could go right down the street and buy something, but they, they decide they come to Maine mm-hmm. with, their, with their medical cards and get a better quality <laughs> and better experience. Um, so, yeah, it speaks volumes, really. I'm glad we're rising to the occasion. I'm glad we've had this chance to shine. This is the best exposure Maine could have asked for. I completely on a, on agree. Establishing a reputation, I suppose. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, to be honest, I've been all over the country and all over the world for that matter, um, you know, trying to... Where else in the world? Where else did you go? Oh, um, you know, Europe, some, you know, South America and, you know, um, uh, Hawaii. Um, really? Yep. So you like to get away from it. I, these these were not just uh, vacations. Yeah, these were both. You know, a little I mean, bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, you know, when I was younger, I liked to travel and just be adventurous, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I feel, and I can say this without a doubt, that the Maine's got the best cannabis in the country. Sweet. I put it up against Cali any day. Oh, Patrick, you come from the Colorado scene when the Colorado scene mm-hmm. was still strong on the caregiver level. Yeah. You, you want to talk a little bit about that too? That, that yeah. Can so, you go through a little bit of that history? So, like so we were- to give some insight, um, I was pushed out of Colorado um, in 2016. Uh, before that, I had been a consultant that had focused on working with the caregiver helping people create, you know, basically a craft farm situation for themselves. Um, They had become more strict with their caregiver laws as they went on, which, you know, it's it's kind of to be expected, especially as it's starting to push more toward REC. Um, After you saw REC happen, they really started in on the regulations. They went and, you know, this might not be exactly correct, but I, I, I think it was 500 square feet was the gross space you were allowed as a caregiver. Um, in 2016, they... Uh, Similar language here in Maine, isn't it, right now? Right. Uh, well, you know, that's can- Yeah, that's canopy. This was per room, so 500 square feet for the room, not on canopy. But, oh, okay. But then they lowered it to, uh, which they, they changed it, I guess, uh, to cubic feet, which made a 5 by 10 by 10 room the biggest that you could grow in as a caregiver, effectively eliminating caregiver gardening. Um, you know, you couldn't own many of these. You were had limitations by one room you could only per, have one uh, caregiver. per caregiver. Right. Yep. So it was essentially a grow tent at your house is what you were allowed now. How um, did the how who who um changed this? Uh, it was did this come in on a uh, state level or was there an influence from the rec? Le- it, it there was, was an, an influence from, from the rec, rec. Um, market. Yeah, I believe that they had reached a point where everyone that was going to transition to rec had done it. That in their minds, mm-hmm. um, and anybody else was probably black market or breaking the rules in some capacity, so they cracked down on them. Um, they didn't really allow a, a transition piece of paperwork or allow the caregiver to become a craft farmer or anything of that matter. They just kind of said, hey, okay, you're done now. You can get your weed from here. Or you can go work at one of these stores. Um, they put a moratorium on how many stores they were allowing in Denver and other places, and so you couldn't even get licensing at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they rolled it out kind of slowly like that. They overregulated it, and they made it a lot more difficult for people to kind of survive and, and 
enter into the industry. Um, over here, uh, what regulation doing, played a big part. I'm assuming yeah. it almost always does. That's why I'm worried about who we have in in our in our in Augusta and um, here on the state level. Uh, I'm I'm concerned about who are the allies to cannabis right now. It almost feels like it's a little bit more of a. Um, it feels a little bit more like there's stronger influences starting to make things happen a lot faster. Yeah, and, and I think that the difference between there and here is the way that they've made the caregiver system here, people have actually united with each other. Um, we, we've made a lot of friends, the caregiver friends we mentioned. There's know, been a good number of coalitions of and, uh, and alliances uh, and absolutely. different groupings that have formed, uh, whether you're a part of all of them or what. I mean, you can't. Sure. Yeah, I think you choose a, a group. Is there anybody you guys aligned yourself with? or? Um, not yet. I mean, we're... we're but you've had a group of yeah, growers yeah, I mean, and a, cultivators a, a that you've worked with for we, a while, yeah, right? Exactly. Caregivers for a while. Like-minded individuals. Uh -huh. Yes. Yep. And, and I think my, by making friends, that in, by caregivers moving together and not making it a dog-eat-dog -dog situation, yeah. you, you can actually kind of protect yourselves from overregulation like that. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the government that was overregulating. They put in a, a body um, over there, just similar to the OMP here, um, and, and they, how they enforced those rules, how they were viewing those rules, that's what made the changes in regulation. So, you know, I, I think that there was definitely a directive that came from the top down, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's all of it. Um, I think if everyone stays together and, and we say, you know, hey, uh, we've been here, we're moving up together, and we all work together, I, I don't think that you're going to have that big push out that you had, the big industry push out that you had in Colorado. I was traveling cross country like you had talked about in the 20s when I was in my 20s yep. and uh, in the 1920s music music <laughs> you saying I look that old back no, come on man. It, man I don't know I'm just repeating <laughs> what you're saying in the 20s There we go. Uh -huh, I think that's a little bit better. That's more where I wanted it. Yeah. Okay. So when we so we back in my twenties when yeah. I was going, music was so big because uh -huh. we were in a car, Sherry Cavalier, three of us, oh. with cassettes. That oh. shit was awesome. Was. I love tapes. I used to base the length of a car trip by how many uh, sides of a tape or how many tapes there <laughs> <do> were. <a tape. laughs> I like. Oh, it's like a three-tape drive. Cool. Remember when it turned to you only had like one or two cassettes left and you were like, damn, do you remember that time, that transition or did that happen? You know, did you bother to go to CDs? Good, that's kind of a good story. I, I held back on CDs for a long time. You know, I was into like a lot of live music and so we were trading, you know, uh, live shows and stuff. And I had quite a big uh, cassette collection and ironically, the police took it. Um, what? I was I was growing herb in uh, North Carolina, <laughs> and they came and and, and uh, raided me and uh, took me to jail. And for some reason, they felt like it was necessary to take um, all my uh, Grateful Dead and Fish and uh, Burning Spear and and Bob Marley uh, cassettes. Oh. And they all had like personalized artwork on them, you know, because people used to like um, personalize the uh, covers on the cassettes. Mm -hmm. 
So they're really cool. Yeah, Wait, I don't know are why you talking about back in when when you were touring? Like who would who would personalize it? Like uh, when bands had a little bit more of their yeah, look sure. So like the uh, you know we used to go see the Grateful Dead and, yeah. and bands like Fish and stuff. And mm-hmm. so the the fans would just we would trade uh, live shows together, and and some of them would make you know this really beautiful cover art for the cassettes. Um, to make them really unique. So, yeah, I don't know why they took those. It wasn't illegal. Yeah. Um, but they took them. So my first <laughs> run in, in, in college with the police, something similar happened. They actually took my How High DVD, my Half Baked DVD, my Dude Wears My Car DVD. I'm like, how is, the, how is this evidence? This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. They, they wanted to watch them. Yeah, I know. I was, I was They're so imposing their will on uh-huh. you. Like, Don't forget the man can do that anytime he wants. I was like, whoa. I couldn't believe that. That's probably the least of the paranoia that. that you've had to go through at different points or different periods in, 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 in being to getting to this point. Sure. You know? Yeah. Is it a relief? It is a relief. I mean, I've always tried not to lie um, and, and be honest with what I was doing, but, you know, I, I had to, you yeah. know, for survival reasons it's for a long time. It. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah. I mean, I was ousted from my community that I grew up in high school mm-hmm. because I smoked herb and I had dreadlocks and uh, my own family, too, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, convinced yeah it really, it really, uh, It really was a dividing point for a long time, but I always believed in it. I don't really know that they knew why. Or uh, they didn't want to listen, really. But um, like I said earlier, I always saw it help people. Um, and it wasn't very harmful. I mean, it is very powerful medicine. Society, especially, especially society can dictate a lot, though, too. The, the, oh, I, I suppose the rules and the norms of the moment. Exactly. We're, we're, asking, we're asking people who are, like my parents are in their 70s. They went through, um, that makes me old. They went through um, a period of time where, you know, I mean, God, the, the propaganda was real. Yeah. And, I mean, the and there was no reason, to, no reason to question that. I mean, for the greater or larger segment of the population, we're asking people to change. I think younger people are very attracted to it. They're fine. Absolutely. I think they've come in at the right time for it. It's definitely different, yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we've collectively been in the industry for over 40 years between mm-hmm. the two of us. Oh, that's... Um, he, he started pre-California uh, medical legalization, um, and, and I started in 2008, so, so we've been doing this for a long time. We, we, had to see, we got to see every side of this. Um, part of the reason why we chose Gamebred as a name whenever we started this company in January was because we didn't just come into this. We saw every aspect of it. We saw it when society didn't like us for doing it. Mm. Um, I, I was once laughed at by the police because I said I was epileptic and I was using this as medicine to help me. Um, when in fact you were absolutely, you know, I, I haven't had a, I've had one seizure in the last ten years, and that was because I didn't have cannabis in my system for six months. And you I, had found cannabis, yeah, I, or I, or you wanted to explore it. Why um, at, at that time? Well, you know, I, nothing I tried, else was working. I, I tried or, it in high or, school, and I thought it was you know kind of cool, you know, from, from that aspect. Yeah. Um, then I realized that my symptoms for seizures just weren't there anymore. Where I would have. I would feel like I was having a seizure at least three to four times a month, um, and I'd have big grand mal seizures whenever I had them. That I wouldn't have one every month, but you know I'd get the symptoms. Then all of a sudden, smoking pot in high school, I don't have the symptoms anymore. So I start looking into it, and I'm like, okay, there's a lot of you know validity. California's putting out this medical marijuana, and hopefully, you know, this might change how it works for me. Yeah. I went out to California and, and checked it out, and got my medical card, and. Uh, you know, 
I was hit with this culture that I didn't know about. Like high school didn't, smoking pot in high school didn't prepare me for the cannabis culture of California. So I went there and there were stores and everything was, you know, this uh, nice new world that, that I didn't experience growing up in Missouri. And, uh, How long ago was that? It was in 2008. 2008. 2008. Uh-huh. See, for us, it's been three years or four, but where they were popping up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, man, we're, we're just kids. I mean, you've had it's a chance. It's so early. It's so early. And, and jumping from these places, uh, going from California, which we both have had grow experience at, to Colorado, where I got the, the majority of my career was spent, you know, seven or eight years. And then coming here for the last three years or so, yeah. partnering up with him, who's been here 10 years working on the cannabis industry here as a caregiver and uh, in joining this kind of new movement into the recreational scene. It's, it's going to be fun. It doesn't have to be doom and gloom. A lot of people are very afraid of it. Um, I think that we're well situated here from a cultural standpoint to, to help all of these caregivers that are making a name for themselves right now to enter into this new world. Yeah, this is a snapshot of who we are right now. There's uh, there's plenty to plenty plenty to go and look for for the future from the future, from from this industry and mm-hmm. and to not uh, and to envision yourself in it is got to be that's exciting. That's got to be where it's at too. Absolutely, um, I think uh, for me one of my fears always was being left behind or left out. Yeah. You know, I've uh, this has been my my life for a long time, and and so I just uh, I just want to feel like you're entering the party now a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like everyone should have a an opportunity, you know, and um, so we've been able to grow. This is you know part of the reason why we did the partnership, you know, is to kind of uh, lock in our, our longevity. Um, absolutely. You know, you can't yeah. you can't do it alone. You know, we talked about that earlier. I've tried; it doesn't work. Um, no. You know, your focus needs to be, regardless of the, the scale you've chosen, has to be on uh, if you're the, the one in charge of the garden, you need to be in charge of the garden. Absolutely. Those need to be the duties. And mm-hmm. if it starts moving stray, then you're asking, yeah, you are. You're asking yourself to, now you're splitting up your duties. Now you're, now you're going into uncharted territory and sometimes finding a, a, a friend, a partner. Who, who is willing to work with and, and has the same vision as you do. That's important for both of you. And you have to build on it. Uh, we don't, we're not just saying yes to each other. We both have a lot of experience. We have different ideas as we're entering in to solving some of these problems. But the truth is, between the two of us, we should be able to solve problems. With 40 yeah. years of experience in the industry and understanding how the economy works, how the economics of, of cannabis works. Uh, understanding how strains work and, and the growth of organics and, and all of these other things that we've seen over the last 40 years uh, or, you know, 40 years of experience. Uh, I, I think that that's one of the big targeting points as we're trying to come up with solutions to these problems or, or what are the future problems? You guys are very optimistic and I like that. I, I can feel it. I, I see this, uh, this look for uh, look, looking towards it and being, being happy and excited for it Man, as well. Like, it's like a dream come true. It is, you know, to isn't be honest, it? Like I'm, I feel like I wake up every day and I'm living my dream. That's, That's a great feeling. Something I dreamed about a long time ago is actually coming to fruition, oh, and it's really cool, man. Like, uh, 
just to work with all these awesome people and these stores and uh, to get a check. The first time I got a check for for my work, I was yeah. like, uh, I felt it was, it was pretty cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, I think we, I think for cannabis people like myself, and we've always been in, we've always been doing business, mm -hmm. but now we have to be in business. The right? freedom, yeah, the freedom of being able to use your money as well. Now the accountability for it in the eyes of everybody. Yeah. That's that's a great step. That's a huge relief. Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, regardless of the scale, tough to do nowadays uh, without without the assistance of banks and not being federally recognized. Do you think we encounter that recognition on a on a faster pace now because of, say, COVID and the need maybe for new taxation? But they're not really taxing in a new way. Uh, you know, it's not a new tax, but if you bring something to market for the whole nation much faster and then you have those larger corporations that makes maine that much more of a special place to protect doesn't it that's what i like about maine's medical law here the fact that you can get people from new hampshire with med cards or massachusetts can come and purchase here that's huge mm -hmm. you know that's actually already setting up something that doesn't entirely exist everywhere else you know now we have this transference from from place you know we can't take our products to stores in massachusetts yet but something like that in the future, it's, it's inevitable. That's that's going to come up, you know. So, yeah, you know, this is a dream come true. Like you said, it was my dream to be uh, in High Times Magazine. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I, I achieved that in 2014. It was my dream to win a championship uh, in, in cannabis, and, and I achieved that in 2015. And now our dream what, is What to, goals are you setting for yourselves now? Let's we, First, we want to be in stores, you mm -hmm. know, we, we want, and, and that's soon to come. Yep. Our official release is on the 26th, early release with Central Main Flower on the 25th. Mm -hmm. um, we're very excited to do that. Um, the next step from there is, is a local competition here, you know, uh, really ingrain ourselves in, in the community here. Uh, have Game Bread be known for that quality, because what separates apples and oranges when people are having a discussion? Well, if this... Apple has awards behind it. We can say that this, you know, random orange might not be uh, as up to par. So, so the only ways that you can really take away bias whenever you're looking at, you know, quality product is, is through these competitions. Is what they're there for. So, you know, setting us up in the market for that is is really important to us too. The, I like the reputation of uh, what the High Ninety Five has been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. That mattered to you as well, wanting to get involved in that, right? Yeah, absolutely. The uh, I love seeing all the names, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah, because cool. they were. I, I didn't know half of them, and now I'm getting to know the other half, and I'm like, I'm thankful for that. I'm like, oh, this is great. It's really been cool to see it grow over the last three years. Uh huh. Um, that's how I came up with the Wolf Pond name was just because I entered, and they're like, "What's your, what's your, what's your name?" And I didn't have one. You know, so I was like, oh, Wolf on Farm, you know, that's the name of the pond. So, uh -huh. I, was like, um, so I was like, cool. And um, what know, category did you? We got uh, that year, the first year we got fifth place for THC with yep. Dosido. It was like 26.67 for Sun Grown. Which was very oh, high. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. Especially in Sun Grown. Yeah. Um, and oh, so that's great. It was, um, it was really neat. It was, it was nice to be recognized. It was, it was kind of funny. They, 
I think some of the judges were like too high or something, and they read off like a lot of the wrong winners. (laughs) (laughs) Then when they actually came out with like the print on the internet, like people, it was different. Dude, you placed, and I was like, I was there. They didn't, they didn't say nothing. Um, Yeah, right. right. I felt like that happened a couple times. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so you know, like where where was I during this part of the awards show? But they do, they do a great job, and I and I think they do. I think honestly, it's um, it's judged without any bias. You know, I, I think that they're really looking at the quality and they're taking their time and... Um, they have a good process for it. You know, yeah. yeah. It, it, it seems like it's um, a legitimate competition where a lot of more localized competitions, you know, uh, unaffiliated with high times, yep. uh, you know, have, have this skepticism to them um, about the process. This seems like a very legitimate competition. And the the you can see that in the people that are winning the competition go look at their flower i mean they're legitimate winners you know yeah it's 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 the best this, uh that maine has to offer so and we're, we're excited to it doesn't feel influenced at all i think i i really enjoy the process of how they judge as well that that feels so good uh you know i mean i, I think it's it's honorable it's been a good mm-hmm. move yeah absolutely that that helps you feel good about it as well i thought about doing a patience cup where you let the patients smoke and they don't know yeah. the, they don't know the strain they don't know they just so it's a number that, yeah. yeah give them a you sample know. pack they, they, yeah they had give a people's cup at the pack end, and, you know mm-hmm. where, where they were like well you know what's what was your favorite product you know over mm-hmm. the course of this event or whatever and people would you know vote on that i think maybe we'll have a chance to do something like that uh, uh, next year i wouldn't want it to skip this year but it obviously seems yeah. a little bit more achievable Lim- all depends, I suppose, on the climate and, and everything that's going on in the world. But it'd be a nice world. It'd, it'd be good to envision that the springtime might bring an opportunity for, for us to have more gatherings, more, more opportunities to create social uh, interactions, I suppose, with, with the greater, with the greater community. Let's hope. And, and that's you know? one of the things that cannabis does just... You know, organically. It's always been bring, communal. Yeah, bring people together. Been, so, you know, yeah. whether it's through the sessions or, you know, through cups. Um, it's it's really cool, you know. It's always kind of uh, created its own community. I think the days for competition between us are over. And uh, it's a time for cooperation. I mean, it's nice to win cups and everything. Don't yep. get me wrong. Yeah. But I'm talking about the community here. Um, you know, it's better. It's like I said, I think competition, it's going to sink you. Friendly you know? competition is, is yeah. you know, it, it, this, by everyone entering these competitions and it's all being benefited from doing a better job, you know, by that extra recognition that you get. I think that there's a huge, you know, uh, community factor where, you know, uh, Woodstock won last year, correct? Yep. You know? Yeah. And, yep. and we, you know, that gave him some recognition. I looked into his page. He's doing a lot of fantastic things on, on from the breeding standpoint um you know he, he's got Brian green he's been doing it in the main uh outdoors for 20 years right. which you're very familiar with uh-huh. and that's really so i think finding strains he talked absolutely. a lot about that moving into the genetics you need for outdoor growing mm-hmm. in maine that's what's really super cool about it it's like the there's a lot of breeders now right here in maine that are producing some serious genetics really happy um, about that uh, it's yeah, amazing you know, very it, it really is um and it's cool to represent those those farms and, and run their flavors and stuff. And uh, um, if you're going to grow outdoors in Maine, yeah, it's all about the strain selection. Mm-hmm. It is, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 They, it's the Northern Lights do well in Maine. Northern Lights did well outside of Maine. Yeah. I, I never I never got to grow it. I never got to see it. I grew very little outdoor. Yeah. My, my movement into cannabis was more when 
when the indoor that happened that's what attracted me it came out of nowhere and and I said I can grow here and I did grow there for a while but it was only like a three lighter so you know then you take that next evolution up and you find what it is um for for you it was different having had experience before Um, sure what's kind of cool is that um you know for a while if you were going to grow outdoors anywhere you had to really gorilla it you know you had to hide it you had to hike water in um you know probably hike in a good way to to do your plants you know so i think we're seeing now with sun grown and and uh i think outdoor has a bad rep sometimes just because people probably got crappy outdoor sometime yeah um yeah so um but now local carrier of outdoor or sun grown that i've seen in town is treeline does a lot of that does the uh, cmf is as well do you know if they're putting sun grown uh yeah, they will. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, are Green, they well? Greenhouse, sun grown indoor. Yeah. I think their philosophy is if it's if it's really quality, they don't really Oh mind no, and there's no reason it's... not to include it. That's no, no, I, mean, I think it's a selection. It I think it's a store is going to make a decision what they're going to carry, but I I think it's one of those that should be on it's the It's something on the menu. we talk about a lot too. Um I don't really care how it's grown. If it's fire and it's good medicine, it's good medicine. Whether right. it's grown in the sun or an LED or a double-ended or in a greenhouse, um if it's fire, it's fire. Yeah. No, there's you know? no doubt in that. In mo- sure. most genetics, it's just about giving the plant what it wants and what it needs. So do that in a greenhouse and, and keep all of the bugs and molds from attacking it, and you're doing great. You know, do that in an indoor environment, you're doing great. That genetic's going to crush it. You do it outdoor, you know, it's going to crush it then too. Um, good quality product is good quality product. No, it is. And I think even changing how people look at, uh, at what, dried flower should look like in the eyes of those who are, are the ones who pursued it for for the love of it mm-hmm. to, to begin or, or to the whatever cannabis is offered you as a cultivator but more often than not up until this point and everything I've passion's been a word that I've heard used quite yeah. a bit oh sure and it's hard not to believe but but uh, but I think the stronger of the two words is dedication that's that's got to be the toughest part of it I mean not from you. I mean, I'm sure the body feels it after a while, too. You think of new ways. I think the focus is on efficiency, is it not? Yeah, definitely. Within the garden? Um, it's funny you said that. Yeah, the, the body does start to feel it after a while. It does. Um, you know, the, uh, it, it, there's always, um, you know, for, for us, it's, it's nice that we have the ability to bring on um, some contractors and stuff and some young people in the industry who, who are really wanting to learn. Yeah. Right? And so it's nice. Um, to be able to teach people absolutely ryland and ryan you know. that we brought on this year uh both have been you know I, I, how, are you, I, how are you finding them what what are what are the kind of some of the qualities you're looking for if mm-hmm. that's all right to ask yeah. absolutely and our, and our team members you know because um, i think that's important carrying this sure. to the next generation because that'll help you for for the, the things you want to achieve as you go forward one of as our you, main focuses yeah. was positive energy come show up with a good attitude because honestly a glass that's already full can't be filled anymore so don't if people are showing up with an attitude that they know everything we're, we're gonna have a, a hard time you know moving forward an openness to have dialogue yeah absolutely yeah, they need and, to be and we open have to that it. same you know feeling if somebody comes in and they have a different idea about something that we're doing and can you know raise a good point we're considering of that um but but these people are are highly motivated have attention to detail. Those are some of the, the main focal points on, on hiring for us um, and that are excited to work in the industry and move forward in it. You know, uh, a lot of people... Gardening experience prior? 
Some, is that important or you feel like a blank slate is also a really good thing too? Are you willing to go that far with somebody? Absolutely. Maybe with starting with the smaller things as you might have started in your grow. Well, people also you know? who've been doing it for a while have also probably accumulated a lot of bad habits. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, so sometimes going with the right individual is trainable and, and like, like, uh, um, Patrick said, with the passion and the good energy, mm-hmm. um, you can mold them, you know, if they're willing to listen. Um, not to say you can't teach someone else how to, how to redo something or the way you want to do it, mm-hmm. but uh, no experience isn't necessarily uh, a bad thing. Absolutely. One of our uh, workers that, we, that we're working with, another caregiver, uh, Ryan, he's... Showing ambition for hard work is yeah, that probably the most very little experience greatest quality. And yeah, his attention to detail, and he yeah. will show up. If, the, if it's a 50-hour work week, he's there, you know, every day, all day, not complaining. Um, if you give him a task, he'll figure that task out, you know, and if he doesn't know how to do it, he'll ask. You know, th- those sorts of qualities as we're moving forward are really important. Having a bunch of experience and, and uh, bringing your ego to work with you makes it far more difficult to move forward. Yeah, we to. were talking about that. There's uh-huh. there's enough ego. There's in going in the right direction, if the right direction is cooperative, you know, relationships, those, that ego needs to be checked at the door and, and, and the understanding that we're all fighting the good fight. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Working for the we, same. You guys are going to be big proponents on the medical, aren't you? Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time too and, and I'm, I'm learning new things every day. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, I mean, I, I think continuing your education with whatever way you're cultivating is, is very important because um, now that it's more legal, that you know, the science is opening up, mm-hmm. they're getting the studies and everything, but it's just important uh, I learned, like I said, I learned something every day about the plant. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Have you read this article? He's coming to me. Hey, have you heard about this new product? You know, it's, this is an exciting time because a lot of uh, focus from businesses on this industry because it is growing at such a rapid rate. And I think people are, uh, are, are taking notice a little bit, you know, from, from the engineering standpoint and the industrial standpoint, creating better lights, cre- creating better HVAC systems. And, yeah. And, and all of the air systems. circulation uh, is the humi- humidifiers that are on the market now that weren't on the market. Uh-huh. Yeah, both. You know yep, I mean, exactly. Uh, everything is upped uh, a, a level to the point where what you buy this year might not be the same prizes next year. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that it hasn't happened that fast important. in the cannabis industry has it where something becomes mind-blowing from one year to the next well it's but it's de- getting there isn't it yeah it's definitely an industry where um you can be attracted to all the bells and whistles that come out every year or or i think you just like uh find something that works for you and you know keep an open ear but stick to it for a while you love know? hearing don't, that. Al- don't love always love hearing don't that. always just like if something new they're always going to say it's new and better the new right? shiny right so mm-hmm. just um you know, when something has proven itself yeah, as, stick, a, stick as a good, you know? yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Don't chase it. You know? Well, yeah, and once things get proven, I think we're like with the LED lighting. LED lighting getting so much better over the last couple of years from yeah, a production has. standpoint. Sure, you know it always made good quality product, but you know it was lacking on that production standpoint. Now, now we're getting most facilities that are going up are LED. You know, yeah. and yeah. from from a power grid standpoint, it's very useful. From an overall power cost standpoint, it's very useful for, for the grower, for the uh, state that they're in, for the city that they're in, the locality, all of those sorts of things. Um, I hear they're penetrating deeper. The light light is penetrating deeper within the canopy. We're yeah. seeing that with our you uh, are with our tests. Yeah, yeah absolutely. The uh, I guess the way the plants see light is different than than us. It absorbs it at certain levels. So 
When we were growing with single-ended double, uh, single-ended bulbs, it was mostly a lot of red and orange. High-pressure sodium. High-pressure yep. sodium. Yep. So yep. They would get absorbed on the top layer. That's why you would, you know, prune, you know, lollipop your plants up and prune them up, you know, for trim all the bottoms know. off so you only have because like eight you knew. Inches to a foot oh, of you wanted that sea of green. That's all yeah, you wanted, well, like a straight the, up that, as that, close that, to that, that line. That light spectrum is just going to get absorbed on that top level. Mm -hmm. So with LEDs, it's more of a full spectrum. So different uh, colors, blue, white, and, and everything else, they can penetrate lower. And uh, and not just the orange and red. So I see. It, it, it does uh, it does uh, you know get those lowers better in my opinion wow. for sure. And to compensate for that, our, our growing method has changed. You know, before we did single trellising with the high pressure sodiums. Well, we're, we're seeing that because we're getting so much more development lower down with these LEDs uh, and these uh, double ended lights even um, that double trellising and having more bud sites, more bud per uh, on each square, is, there's a huge benefit to that and big yield increase that we're seeing as well. So, you know, we're excited about that process. It gives me the, the opportunity to amend the soil How many gallons easily. is in that? In this it's like a space. yard almost in each bed. Right. You know, so it's like a, a four by four by one and a half, mm -hmm. and it's probably like 1.7 yards or something. So the bioactivity mm -hmm. that exists in, in uh, you know, that size, it exists on a more consistent basis than it would in, in a smaller uh, pot. So if you're amending it, like he was saying, you know, the, the chances that you'll get a, a different effect from pot to pot, you know, could be You can really right. get your hands in there with the beds, uh -huh. you know. The, you the really get, get it in there. And, and oh, and, yeah. And mix it up and stuff, you know. It seems, it, it, it does seem from, um, I, I suppose the way I was going to say traditionally, like um, the the five or the 10 or the 20 gallon pots, when yep. speaking like that, it seems like uh, you, you focus on one particular way of working it because it's always been that way given the amendment and, or, or given the soil choice and style that you want. Right. Yeah, we, I've done almost... Close it was set. impressive what is seeing that line too that oh, yeah. growth within the soil that you guys had posted Absolutely. And that was beautiful mm -hmm. yeah you know, the, i mean it makes you feel like it's all intertwining a little bit mm -hmm. is it not exactly. well you know there's there i like the the plants um when they're planted together like that in in multiple plants in the bed um they can communicate with each other you know um, they hey, can join like in up. an asymmetrical sense, like yes. a living, breathing. Mm -hmm. I've heard of trees that do that. They yeah, intertwine. So they a, you know, the, hey, we got a, mites over here. So yeah, start, there's, start there's like a, a network with like with the trees and stuff. You're saying too. There's a there's a network of underground like fungus and bacteria, and it's kind of like the internet almost. And they can actually like branch <laughs> together and, uh, communicate, and, and information. communicate with each other. You know, mm -hmm. like hey, it's it's kind of dry over here, or like there's some kind of disease, like you know, fortify up. Yep. Um, so they can actually communicate. Um, and like I said, in my brain, it just makes more sense. Oh, man, doesn't <laughs> it? Well, we, we don't, doesn't we it? don't get rid of our soil. We don't dump it somewhere. You, you just you, you reamend and you replant them back into the beds. Yeah. So, so there's a benefit to that, too. You're not moving it's, So it's removed out is a process where it gets removed out yeah. and something uh, you, you're you put in a new soil. Uh, yeah, so basically to that space or is it moved into that space is it sort of like I've, prepped before you do like an initial mix and then and then you load your beds up i think i've used the same soil on the farm in some capacity since 2012 you know oh wow uh, yeah and so uh, it's really and it getting cycled getting better, yeah you know? 
Good for you. Thanks. But you know how to, but you know how to take care of it. So that's that's what's important about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said earlier, so important. Continue your, your education, and there's a lot of great people and podcasts and books, and you know, and just other people um, doing the same thing, sharing information. Hey, this is what's working yeah. for me. Have you tried this? You know, so, and all these other aspects of gardening are coming in. Um, you know, we talked about K and F and. Uh, all this really neat stuff that wasn't around before, you know. So it's kind of cool. You see people implementing all What's these. What's KNF again? It's plant? Korean natural farming. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's about uh, really using the 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 stuff you have on your property uh, to make microorganisms and fermented plant juice, and uh, it's really cool. Um, yeah, we were talking about waste. the brown sugar yeah, in that yeah. uh, story. So where we the, not, yeah. you know, you can grab your fan leaves <laughs> and put them in a bucket and. Uh, Put in like a, a third to two thirds of material to, to brown sugar, cover it up, and it extracts the juice. You strain and drain and, and use it as spray, and you just made plant food for nothing. And you got to regenerate, you know, with your leaves, and it's it's like a whole symbiotic relationship. It's you know, it's, it's giving it's back cool. in every way. Absolutely, in, yeah. it's a fantastic concept. So we don't we're not married to that, but we we like to pick little things from each one that, that seemed to work for us. Mm-hmm. You know? How long ago did you start looking into that type of gardening, the Korean? Uh, yeah. Um, um, so I'll back up for a sec. So I, I used to grow what we called bioponically, was just with like either, you know, amended promix or some soil. This and, is something uh, we have in common. That's and so my we would, we would, hand, well. we would hand water like the best nutrients we could find. Mm-hmm. So there's like, um, I forget, Kyle Cushman's brand. Uh, Veganics. Yeah, yeah or, or Kyle, Kyle Cushman's Veganics um, and then became Vega Matrix. I think the first thing I ever used with Earth was Earth Juice. Um, and, and we hand watered and had great success. Those know? are... Those are um, Nutrient makers, uh, uh, nutrient lines that are still on the market. Absolutely. Now where, yeah, those are liquid yeah. are they still? Brands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They they still work just fine. But uh, that's what you worked away from. Yeah. So even though that was more of a choice of what how you wanted to grow. Yeah. So as, I kept hearing from my friends that they were, uh, you know, doing this these heavy composts, uh, amended soils, and getting this great product and very comparable yields, and I was very skeptical. You know. So I had a flood in my basement, and I scrapped everything, and I ordered the beds, and I mixed the soil, and um, I, I personally didn't think it would be able to go through the whole process um, without, you know, giving it some kind of liquid nutrient or something. As yeah, far right. As just like the density and the, and the flavor and everything, and uh, the growth rate was phenomenal. It blew my mind. You know, I mean, we had like the, you know, huge, a, a pretty good harvest um, from what we were doing before with the with the bioponics kind of thing. Um, and from there, just the flavor and the terps and the, just the health of the buds, just yeah. like the, the, what you could look at it and be like, whoa, that's, that looks different. You know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was sold. Everything you're you looking know? for from it. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's ease of use too. You know, I, and we're, we're, we're trying to just make it all, um, you know, just as, as fr- earth friendly as possible as well. You know, so that's, that's going to be important to going down the road. I've, I have heard this and maybe I don't really want to dig into it too much, but I have heard recently about uh, a potential issue going forward in the future might be the idea of people who uh, are doing cocoa or, or uh, the water runoff mm-hmm, and yeah. the accountability for that within uh, within the environment. At some point, that's going to need to be addressed. I've Absolutely. been hearing. Yeah, and, and, and establishing a system that's going to have to uh, be suspect of those type of regulations, yeah. you know, might not be the, the best targeted system right now either, which is why I think this is one of the better ways to go about it. Um, you know, with soil testing and 
concerns you, 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 about uh, the testing as it is right now, given uh, the, the some uh, some testing I results hope, off of organic. That yeah, I hope that um, that they differentiate between um, biologicals and stuff. Yep. Um, you know, in some other states, people would fail for, for using a lot of practices. No, I had heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I have like, heard of that. And I wondered if that was being corrected or being addressed at all. So, so hopefully, hopefully yeah. they dif- differentiate, um, you know, powdery mildew from like a, a healthy bacteria or fungus or something. You know, that you might no, want to sure. Like a tea right. or something you want to use. Because you, um, you can spray beneficials that'll eat that, that those negatives that'll get rid of it for you and help prevent it from happening. You know, uh, th- those molds from happening to you. So... That's a it's a big benefit if they are not. No, you know, you're making your you garden your garden to works together, and and it, but I had heard of testing, yeah. um, kind of phasing and and picking on organic for the most part. Yeah, it's it's definitely a concern. Mm-hmm. But I hope but I haven't heard can, about that here in Maine yet. I'm, yet. I'm only speaking of West Coast yeah, stories. I, I, I've heard a little bit potentially, but I think that hopefully if we can educate. The people who are going to make those... That's going to be you know, the people who are setting the, yeah, the so guidelines. Yeah, so I think if we can give them some documentation, some you know, some quantified analysis on, on what it really the difference is in our stuff, hopefully they'll listen and take it to heart. Gentlemen, pa- Patrick. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks for having thank us. Thank you, we guys. We really appreciate it. October 26th, we're dropping our official drop, Central Maine Flower on 25th. Cure Cannabis on the 26th and the Shack 420 on the 26th. See us... Uh, at the Shack 420 on October 16th barbecue. for the barbecue. The barbecue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thanks for having Thank me, you. man. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. This awesome time. Check us out at uh, on Instagram at Gamebred Genetics, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you.